Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast, episode 154. And it is Wednesday, February 20th, 2019. I am your host, Victor Amoyo. And with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's going on, y'all? That's right. Uh, the YouTube live stream is in full effect. Uh, be sure to ch- chime in, chat with us. The live chat is in full effect. Uh, we got a bunch of things to talk about uh, this week. Um, talk a little bit about uh, our thoughts of the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view this past Sunday, as well as the Fire Festival documentaries on Netflix and Hulu. We'll definitely have a lot, lots to say about those. Oh, I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> where I've had fun mm. researching this thing. Yeah, man, those those documentaries are just crazy. And like I said, we'll more on that uh, uh, as we mm. as we go. Um, also, some news, some news items of interest as well, which kind of caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know one of them. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, yeah, man, we just we just doing it, man. As as always, we thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, just giving giving us your support, whether it's through uh, uh, YouTube, Facebook, the SoundCloud page, uh, all over the social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, iTunes. Yeah, we thank you for your support and your listenership. And uh, while we get started and while Carl is sharing the episode, I'll take a moment to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, Studio Regent Headphones. Uh, you want to you wanna do it? Or? Yeah, Studio Headphones. High quality, high fashionable, customization, Bluetooth capable, yeah. studio, studio quality sound, mm-hmm. affordable can't go wrong with a pair of studio headphones all you got to do is just go to studio.com and go and use the promo code codex podcast to get 15 percent off and as always free shipping in the usa we got it right this time that's we, right I, we took a vacation from seeing each other's parts <laughs> yeah man see i see in in this moment i i was thinking you know what I, I'm, I'm gonna let carl get this one can he do it uh while sharing the episode at the same time i'm lucky enough to do it shit <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah. Been a crazy been a pretty crazy week. Yeah. So yeah. far. It's only Wednesday. Yeah, man. I'm already done with it. I hear you. I hear you. But we persevere. We we do what we must. You wanna call it that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh while you're sharing the episode, I'll get into a bit about, you know, what I've been up to and uh you know you know what's what's been going on in my world. Well, uh as for me, um Still playing a little bit of Resident Evil Two. Um, I I'm on the third scenario, so scenario B. So I'm I have yet to finish that. Uh, I think um when I I think once once I finish the B scenario with Claire, that's when you finish. That's when you fight the true final boss in the game, mm-hmm. which is the oh, I think William Birkin. He's like this big blob, squiggly monster who uh, follows you on the train. I haven't I haven't fought him yet. But once I beat that, that'll uh, that'll officially wrap up the game proper. Uh, if you downloaded um, uh, the uh, version 1.3, pa- the, the version 1.3 patch for Resident Evil 2, it, it comes uh, with uh, three extra scenarios included. So if you go into the extras menu on the start menu, you can play as uh, one of the three one of three uh, survivors, so you get to see the events from their perspective. Like one of them is a what if scenario with uh, the gun store owner um, after after the death of his uh, daughter, 
and then then uh, you actually have to like run from the gun store through the sewers to to escape and uh, there's there's one new type of zombie in that mode uh poison zombie so they kind of like leak po- like leak purple uh, fluid out of their out of their face orifices and then if you shoot them they can explode in like a poisonous mist so you have to keep your distance um and ammo is limited also as well as uh um health items so you definitely got to uh, conserve your ammo wisely in that so it's a pretty cool extra mode. Um, if you want, if you want to squeeze a little more life out of the Resident Evil Two experience on the PS4. Uh, also, speaking of video games, I went out and I ordered through Amazon the uh, Spyro and Crash bundle. Uh, so it's a uh, two games, uh, two discs uh, with a uh, six games spread across both. So you get to, you get to play the remastered editions of the first three Crash Bandicoot games as well as the uh, Spyro. Uh, the first three Spyro games, all remastered, colorful graphics, um, fun, and at times frustrating platforming, um, as just like you remember in the PS1 days. Um, I just started playing uh, Crash Bandicoot, the first game, and um, I got through the uh, the last level of the first island, which you, in which you have to like scale this tower, and it's full of platforms and some cheap deaths as well. So I was like, I was like, yep, this brings me back to the old PS1 version. You ready to rage quit? I was ready to rage quit. Like <laughs> I was, I was like, you know what? Before, before we start the podcast tonight, I just want to pass this one level. And thankfully I did. Cause I was at my wits end. Barely. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> um, uh, the, the first game, as far as I, as far as I could tell is pretty generous with the amount of lives it gives you. And for good reason, cause you will die a lot in, in certain levels. Uh, but it's it's still a fun experience. Um, if you haven't played any of these games at all, then I recommend picking these up if you're looking for a cool platforming experience. And for those who have played the originals, then you'll definitely have a new experience as well because it's like fully re- remastered from the ground up, new new visuals, new sound effects, new music, and uh, it's pretty fresh after after what twenty twenty five years. So yeah, twenty. Damn. Almost twenty five years. Almost yeah, twenty five. With a uh, crash one, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Don't 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 eat just <laughs> <laughs> don't eat just. Yeah, but yeah, um, I I really dig these games a lot. Uh, and uh, yesterday I went to Best Buy and I purchased the Steelbook edition uh, of A Star Is Born, uh, Bradley Cooper. Lady Gaga. You went ahead and got the steel book. Yes, the, the fanciest, fanciest of packages. packages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the fanciest of packages. Uh this is a phenomenal movie. Um if you haven't seen Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born, uh it's a real treat. I love this film so much. Um the song, the, the soundtrack is 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 quite incredible. Uh, I listen to it every now and then on Spotify. Um, the song "Shallow," I every time, no exaggeration, I tear up every time the song comes Christ, on. Man. I do, I do, and and even in the context of of the film, that that song has has weight. So yeah, here's a Steelbook edition right here, and um, it's an exclusive from Best Buy. Uh, this was one of three copies in the entire. Uh, in the entire uh, Rhode Island Seekonk vicinity. So when I... three copies left or just one in three copies and that's it? That's it. At least around here. Damn, nobody checking for that movie. 
Well, um, I well I went on BestBuy.com and I reserved my copy on that uh, on Tuesday. Oh, so you pre-ordered it? I didn't pre-order it. I I held my copy off because it came out on Tuesday, and I and I checked online. I said, "Oh, three copies available." I'm like, "Well, I better reserve a copy and pick one up." So I did. Um, like I said, a phenomenal movie. I absolutely adore it, and I can't wait to watch this again. Um, if it wins Best Picture, I would not be mad at all. I'm pretty sure it will. Well, I mean, between this and Roma, uh, they're the, these are the main two um, front runners, I'd say. Then you have Black Klansman, which which could win. Uh, Black Panther, the nomination is 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 the victory. Um, Green Book, it better not. I forgot which. One. Oh, Green Book, the one with Mahershala Ali, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the modern driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, shout outs to everybody who's watching Brian Lucia, Monty Penn. Kyle, I posted it on our chat, so it's your fault you didn't catch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Kyle's here as well. Uh, and make sure you check out the UWO tonight. Oh, tonight's gonna be a good one. Shout yes. outs to them last week. That was a really good episode. I enjoyed myself listening to that. I did too. China. It kind of felt good being on the chat and end mm-hmm. yeah. of a podcast <laughs> and talking. Oh yeah, yeah. And what's cool is that um, I actually had a chance to uh, watch their episode live off their Facebook page, which is publicly available. So anyway. oh, okay. So you lucked out. Yep. I watch it on time though. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. So, like, as soon as I left here, I'm like, all right, hurry up, guys. Yeah. Hurry up. <laughs> I'm waiting. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a great first episode uh, live, so I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, yeah. Spe- yeah, definitely this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and speaking of uh, UWO, speaking of wrestling, uh, I wanted to just get into uh, some quick thoughts on the Elimination Chamber uh, this past Sunday, which I'm sure you've watched as well i did yep uh yeah i thought it, i thought it was a pretty cool pay-per-view it was it was good yeah i i, I enjoyed it yeah it, that's what it, this is when wrestling starts to pick up yeah wrestlemania season yep we are in full effect wrestlemania season um for me uh my favorite well uh well one of my favorite matches was actually on the pre-show the cruiserweight championship between buddy murphy and akira tozawa are you surprised I'm not surprised. Have you ever seen a Bad Buddy Murphy match? No. Actually, no. I haven't. All right. I haven't seen a Bad Buddy Murphy match, and he's definitely come a long way since uh, tag-teaming it with Wesley Blake on NXT. Right. Yeah. And um, and fun fact, Wesley, uh, Buddy Murphy actually won the NXT Tag Team Championships, but you'd be forgiven if you forgot that because <laughs> their, their reign was pretty forgettable. Uh, but Buddy Murphy, he won in the end, but Tozawa, good showing from him. Uh, then you had uh, the uh, first ever uh, Elimination Chamber women's tag team match for the uh, new women's tag team championships. The Boston Hug Connection, uh, uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey defeated the likes of Carmella and Naomi. Uh, the Samoan Botch Dozers, the Iconics, Ro- uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, and Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Stop, TV, stop disrespecting my wife and now we can keep moving. Oh, I just loved it when uh, when they got eliminated. I'm like, yes, they, yeah, they, they I, I know last... you did. I saw it. I saw you on the chat. I saw you on the chat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so leave my wife alone now. Uh yeah. The 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 best botch machine and the mute uh, got got the heave ho, 
And at the end, uh, the Boston Hug Connection are your inaugural uh, women's tag team champions. So it looks like they're going to be floating between Raw and SmackDown, which is pretty cool. Um, you in got time for the shakeup, too. Yep, in time for the shakeup, yeah. Then you got the Usos uh, winning their sixth ever uh, WWE Tag Team Championship against uh, Miz and Shane, a.k.a. the best tag team in, in the, the world, Greg. <laughs> Can't do it. Like you, we, we missed that. We missed that cue. Yeah. Brian and Kyle got that one. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, the Usos won in a please stay and please stay and don't go to you go to AEW. Uh, victory. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if you do. You had their own uh, uh, wrestling organization, but this was definitely the AEW effect. Um, uh, oh, a lot of that is in the play right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the AEW effect is real because yeah. the Usos, their contracts are in, are expiring this year in, in April. In April, actually, yeah. And Vince wants them to stay, so boom. Uh, then you got Finn Balor finally getting a real championship around his waist, defeating uh, Lashley and Leo Rush. Uh, no, you want to know a quick fun fact about that? Oh, uh, what's up? As of right now, this is his longest main ro- main roster title run. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> More than twenty four hours. <laughs> oh man! But hopefully, uh, Finn Balor will make that IC championship sh- uh, shine. Um, yeah, he pinned Leo Rush. He didn't pin Lashley. But uh, Lashley and his nephew are still uh, still uh, in their partnership. Um, you got uh, Rousey to uh, squash Ruby Riot. Uh, Ruby, Ruby Riot deserves better. Yeah, but I wasn't surprised at that. Like yeah. we somehow, some way, I know we're gonna get Becky versus Ronda Mania. Oh, yeah. Somehow, some way. So I mean, you gotta. I, I expected that, but woo, did they take a beating right there? They did beatings. Uh, yeah, Becky Lynch came out on crutches, and then she just whacked Charlotte and Ronda with them. A little too hard. Ronda was cut on the side of her head. Uh, Charlotte had some noticeable welts on her arm as well. So, uh, so. They're, ta- they're taking one for the team. I will get into that later. But Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, then you had a throwaway match with Corbin and Strowman, a.k.a. Big Show 2.0. And Potato Skin Corbin. You get his name right. Potato Skin, potato skin Corbin. Oh, yeah, the disgruntled employee who just won't give up his uniform. <laughs> yeah, yeah. TGA Fridays must have one hell of a benefits package. Yeah, he's desperate to keep that job. <laughs> well, we'll get it, or get it back. God, Corbin sucks. And then you had uh, the main event, the Elimination Chamber for the men's division for the WWE Championship, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, Jeff Hardy, Orton, Styles, and Samoa Joe. Um, it, it started with uh, uh, Kofi. And Brian, and it ended with Kofi and Brian. And get in that match at Fastlane, ain't that a bitch? Yep, they're gonna do it again at Fastlane. Like I, like I, for, for that for that last thirty minutes in that match, I wanted to believe that I I was marking out when uh when Kofi was hitting up uh, Brian with the SOS, the Trouble in Paradise. I'm like, could he do it? Listen, I have my hands in the air. Mm-hmm. Like if that was Goku giving him my energy, yes, for the spirit bomb. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I was I was rooting for Kofi all the way. the The crowd was chanting Kofi, Kofi. They were all fully behind him. But then when Brian hit him with the third flying knee and pinned him, you can feel the air just whoosh, completely deflate the crowd. Yeah, it was like once it was. I literally, I'm literally comparing that to when Roman Reigns said, "I have leukemia," in the in the collective. Oh shit! That was in the arena. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, I was I was quite disappointed at the outcome, but I am I am happy that it's Kofi... gonna be a bigger picture. Yeah, it's gonna be a bigger picture. Yeah, I'm, I am ho- happy that Kofi and Brian are gonna mix it up again. Maybe they'll swerve us and have Kofi win at Fastlane. However, unlikely. Um, I think it would be a big mistake if you have Kofi lose this time and going into Wrestle because because what do you do when you go into WrestleMania? It's like are you gonna they're gonna square off for the fourth time. This when you lose the shine, even with WrestleMania behind you. Um, I would I would not mind at all if Kofi won, and even if he got like a a token month long reign into WrestleMania and he drops it at to Brian or whoever else, I wouldn't mind. I mean, just uh, just so we can see Kofi with the title, you know, because at this point I don't see. Uh, Vince giving Kofi a lengthy reign uh, beyond a month or two at best. Um, right. No, it ha- it, that happens. Eddie Guerrero wasn't Eddie Guerrero's uh, month was I mean reign wasn't that long as well. No, I'll get into that. I'll get into that one later on as well. But yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, I am pulling for Kofi all the way, man, because we we need to see him eleven years too long, man. He's ready. He's been ready. Let's let's do this. Hands in the air. Listen, hands in the air. Energy mm. towards him. Yes, absolutely. Spirit bomb. That's right, man. You listening, Vince? You senile bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, speaking of senility in full effect, how about the booking on uh, Monday Night Raw in Corpseville, Louisiana, aka Lafayette? First of all, that was a good Raw. Good Raw. Shitty crowd. Exactly. And if you and wrestling is is so peculiar in which the crowd can make or break an event. Like you can have a good card and a and a well executed card, but if the crowd is shit, then the show is shit. And unfortunately, this was the case this past Monday because you had four awesome NXT personnel, NXT talent. You had DIY. You had Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano debut to nothing. Debut to crickets. You had Aleister Black debut to crickets in a in a shit match with uh, Elias. Rest Hold City. And then you had uh, Ricochet debut in a tag team match with Finn Balor. Dope! It was a dope match, but they did, he debuted to crickets because Lafayette doesn't know shit about wrestling. Well, shout outs to the homie Nick Thomas. He said he's from New Orleans and he's like, well... Lafayette's pretty much a retirement town. A retirement town? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. But ooh, the memes. <laughs> ooh, the memes. Twitter was on fire. And um, first of all, shout out to Kai. He was like, uh, there was a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And shout out to Imani for, the, for going on the chat and saying, fickle. Fickle. <laughs> oh, man. Imani just joined the fickle movement. Yeah, man. Impotent, change it. <laughs> oh man, but but yeah, man. Uh, but the but those same four NXT call-ups had a much better showing on SmackDown. They did. Yeah, that's for me. That's the real debut. We can pretend the Raw was just like a trial run that never really happened. Yeah, because yeah. I I missed minutes of This Is Us. Yep. For Ricochet's de- real debut. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Ricochet, man. He's a big he's a he's a big star. He's a main event talent. He and is. and uh hopefully hopefully uh the XFL will succeed and have Vince's full attention so Triple H and his team can actually take over Raw and give Ricochet the platform he really needs. A lot deserves. of people a lot of wrestlers are like nervous about that. 
because yeah. those call ups are gonna still like their chance to come up. Mm. Oh well, yeah, that's a good point. It's a pretty political uh, company for yeah. sure. What, is, what was crazy? Guess where Raw's gonna be at next week? Oh, where? Atlanta. Atlanta. Where they could have had a better debut, a better big debut, and a better pop. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oof. Man, what what a missed opportunity! And it turns out that uh, the reason why they debuted on Raw in the first place was because Vince was concerned about sacking low ratings and he wanted Triple H to call up four of his best guys. I was like, I knew Triple H was calling the shots. Yeah. Triple H had to call the shots last um, yeah. Monday night. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday, shit. Yeah. Because I, I enjoy both Raw and SmackDown. Hmm. Yeah, I, I got to see the last uh, 15 minutes of SmackDown. Okay, I missed I missed the last, the last of SmackDown. Because this is us kind of got real. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for you, this is us fans. This season's gonna get real. Hmm. Well, what season is this on? Uh, third. Third. Okay. Yeah, I think we're on the second half of the third. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But yeah, man. But yeah, man. We're, we're looking forward to seeing a where where these NXT talents go and how they're gonna wrap up their run in NXT respective runs. No, Kyle, I didn't cry. <laughs> I, I can't. I cannot physically cry. It's like very hard for me to do so, even if I wanted to. Mm. Yeah, because you know, you're you're a rotten person inside, Carl. I've been told, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> no, I just can't. I don't know. For some reason, it's just hard. Mm. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, um, Kyle, I agree. Uh, Triple H did save Ricochet's debut because on Raw it was supposed to be Finn Balor versus Ricochet. Uh, one-on-one, but then Triple H uh, put the kibosh on that and told Vince, like, one, is babyface versus babyface ain't going to do Ricochet any favors because obviously Bow's going to go over Ricochet. Yeah, it still would have been a fire match, though. That's one thing I always love about babyface versus babyface matches. You're going to get a good match. Yeah, absolutely. Most of the time. Most of the time. But then the the, the zombie-like crowd in Lafayette would have been like, who are these people? Swamp-dwelling motherfuckers. All right, relax. <laughs> relax. Just old people. Yeah, old people and uh, parents whose kids dragged them to, to Raw. <laughs> Pretty, man. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I had uh, for uh, for this past week. Um, what about you, Carl? What you got? Very little bit. Um, I would retirement would have had a better crowd in Lafayette. Pretty much, yeah. Especially yeah. like the horny old guys that <laughs> I go after the CNAs. <laughs> they would have lost their mind if they saw Alexa Bliss. But um, yeah, a couple of wrestling thing, wrestling items I can touch on real quick. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the World's Strongest Man, the Mark Henry story. Oh, okay. Um. It was a fun watch looking back at his career. He was uh, Mark Henry's pretty. I would I would say he is a very like underappreciated talent. Mm. No, and then looking back at some of the uh, sex and chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he did mention he's like, listen, I, I watched Coming to America, sexual chocolate. Mark Henry was born, and it was like, yeah, and even Bruce Pritchard actually claimed he was like, listen, that's Mark Henry being Mark Henry. Yeah, I can see that. So, but oh my God, they could not have got away with so much, of that, so much of that stuff. Now, I mean, the May Young angles, pregnancy angles when he gave when she gave birth to a hand, um, the uh, tri- the Tony angle, quote, oh. air quotes Tony. 
Oh yeah, I remember that. That would have went off so bad. Um, you know, and the whole date with China, but yeah, it, it just shows like how long he came, you know, how long he came with, um, you know, his, uh, his, uh, powerlifting career and then transitioning into, um, into the world of professional wrestling. Like he got signed, not knowing a damn thing, Kenzo, but, yep. um, <laughs> how the fuck did that happen? I'm still but um yeah it's on the network um it's only for like it's only for an hour so yeah i definitely recommend you guys watch that also um another thing on the wrestling tip this week's uh this past week's episode of something to wrestle with bruce pritchard was they focused on no way out 2004 Ah. which marked the 15-year anniversary of one of my top five favorite matches of all time Mm. brock lesnar versus eddie guerrero Wow. And that was actually a match that, like, Bruce, he's like, I actually wrote that angle, and that was one of his angles that he is most proud of within his 22 years working for WWE. Mm, as he should be. And I mean, and I just threw on the match again, and I'm just like, yo, still to this day, like, I still love that match. Like, that was just an angle. You know what it was? was It was real. Mm-hmm. They threw Eddie's real life demons in there. Yeah. And he just and they just worked around that, and then like it was to the point where like it was like the ultimate, it was the ultimate underdog. Yeah, he certainly was. Yeah, and what's crazy is that when the radicals first came in, Vince actually said, "Eddie, you're gonna be the one." Wow. The only thing that really held him back from getting any title sooner was you know his drug and alcohol problem, and the fact that he was only five nine. Yeah, yeah, Vince likes him big and tall. That's what she said. <laughs> you set it up. No, I didn't set it up. You set you set that one up. I just knocked it down. Your gut or mine gut it. They set it well, knocked it down. No, you, okay, yeah, but you still set it up. But but hey, what am I? What's my other top four of my five matches? Ooh, if I can go, um, WrestleMania twenty five, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Uh, SummerSlam 92, Bret Hart and uh, British Bulldog for the Intercontinental title. Um, Steamboat and Macho Man at... Um, is it WrestleMania 3? Yes. Yep. This is the match I stole the show. And there was one more that I'm, I really cannot think of right now. Hogan, Warrior, Halloween Havoc 98. When I was in, in 98, it was. But as, <laughs> you know, time has progressed and better matches have come along. Um, oh, I would have to say um, Triple H and Rock, uh, SummerSlam 98, the ladder match. Oh, that was very good. That was literally the best match in the card. Mm, I remember that one. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard did another Oh, another one. Michael's and, Ma- Michael's and Angle. Mania, two thousand one. I mean, uh, twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, that, that was, was that was a classic. Yeah, but oh uh, man, and it was just so. But back to the back to Bruce Pritchard show. Like he was, and he was just saying like. So they asked. So what was it like? Like after you know after the match, he said, "Dude, it was just tears and hugs mm. for everybody. Even even um Brock, who already had put in his notice by by that time, mm-hmm. yep. was just like." Thank you, Eddie. Hey, that's respect right there. I would probably still say today, like that was 
Brock's best match. Oh, yeah, I agree. Him, his match with Angle was at uh, WrestleMania 19 was a close second, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would definitely say yeah, that would be Brock's best match. I agree. Yeah, and any match Brock had with Angles, especially their Iron Man match on SmackDown. That yeah, was, that was really good too. Yeah, so if you guys haven't checked that one out, if you guys haven't checked it out, download something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and check out that angle. I think next week they're going to do um, The Undertaker 2004 to 2006 mm-hmm. when he transitioned back from uh, the American Badass to going back to the Dead Man. Yeah. Which was, to my surprise, something Undertaker did not want to do. Really? He didn't want to go back to the Dead Man? No, he didn't. Wow. Did he say what? Um, I think it was because he felt like he was long past that, hmm. and he was trying, you know, it, evolution of the character. Yeah, yeah I, I could see that. You know, I mean, now now he can call himself the Dead Man and charge yeah. two hundred what twenty five thousand. <laughs> Too much, because you know, common folks gonna want to see him. Yeah, but at the same time, he's earned it. Yeah, yeah, Dead Man Calloway. <laughs> yeah, ah, so I'm gonna be like, yo, can you sign this as me, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I don't know. I think somehow, some way, like they're gonna work out some type of deal. And that's the thing; he just doesn't want to like go through. He doesn't want to go through WWE. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, there's sometimes like some legends contact contracts. If you, the way you can manipulate it, you can get it done where you can still do whatever you want. Because I think Sting, Sting's on a legends contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Nash is, and they still kind of always do it. Kevin, you know, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, they still do their own thing. So I think Hogan too as well. Yep. So I mean, I think maybe Undertaker should look into a Legends contract, see what he can get out and stuff. Because yeah. I think you you earned you earned the right to pretty much do whatever you want with hey. them. He, I think he's earned the right to grab Vince by the balls and say, "Listen, this is what I want. If you guys still want me, yeah." I mean, he's been in the company next year. It'll be thirty years since he since he debuted in WWE. Yeah, thirty. So yeah, because I'll be because I just turned. Six. Oh my god! Thanks for showing my age, <laughs> asshole. Hey, embrace the age. I know. <laughs> but yeah, man. Like at this point, he has every right to punch his own ticket on his own terms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he actually said, you know, he. I think he is officially retired. That's his. Oh, he's, he's officially retired. Yeah. So they're gonna get him in the Hall of Fame next year and be like, "All right, listen, you're in the Hall of Fame. This is what you, this is what we want." Yeah. So, so, so if he's retired, if he's officially retired now, that makes his crown jewel match his last match. Oh, Jesus Christ! Now he's got to do one more. <laughs> but then again, look who Undertaker. I mean, Ultimate Warrior went out against Orlando Jordan. Yeah. So maybe- that shit was bad. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about you wanna know how, how you wanna know how I compare that to? Oh what? The cell with Jennifer Lopez bad. Oh shit. That bad? Like really bore as in boring and un- unwatchable? Yeah. Wow. Doom with the rock bad. Ouch. That's stinking up the joint, son. <laughs> A WWE films movie bad. Ooh. Although I heard fighting with my family was pretty good. Not ninety three percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I was quite surprised to see that. You know, I'm I might, well, I might see it uh, in the theaters, but I'll definitely catch it on Blu-ray to to rent on Redbox if not in the theater. Um, and the girl says the cell was visually appealing though. 
It was. I couldn't. I was so I was so done with it. <laughs> yeah, I was done with it too. Like, the movie was boring, but it it looked pretty. That's for sure. And also, Brian mentions, uh, don't forget the DX induction into the Hall of Fame. I'm okay with it. Me too. Although, like, I, that's definitely their low-key way of inducting China into the Hall of Fame. And maybe it's trial and error just to get her in. Mm. I mean, China's family is happy because they're still running her um, her social medias. And okay. He Yeah, he... Um, they're like, oh my God, we did it. She's in. Da, 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 da. But I'm like, she definitely does deserve one, but... yeah. I'll take this for now. I'll take this for now. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. I, I was a big DX mark. Mm-hmm. I was one of those kids getting in trouble in school, doing a crotch chop and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You I, wasn't? I did a crotch chop. I never got in trouble, though. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> oh, good times. I miss my youth. Yeah. But yeah, this is this will be cool. So um, DX, so that makes Shawn Michaels a two-time inductee. Triple H a first time inductee, new age old age outlaws, new inductees, and China the posthumous nom- uh, inductee. So yeah, that's cool. I was a photo. Hall of Fame is always my best, my favorite part of WrestleMania weekend, anyways. Yeah. Oh, and uh, X Pac, Sean Waltman. Cool guy. Not even gonna lie, he's a cool guy. Mm. Not even gonna lie, I, I had a good experience meeting him. Yeah. Also, on the comics tip, I picked up on uh, what just came out this week, and then number two actually just came out today. It came out last week, and today, Old Man Quill, number one. Old Man Quill? Yeah. What's that? Peter Quill. Ah, Star-Lord. Yeah, Star-Lord. Nice. He's an old man now. Ooh. So it's actually written by uh, Ethan Sachs and art by uh, Robert Gill and the cover by uh, John Tyler Christopher. So a bit, so um, it starts, um, it's about Peter Quill becomes the emperor of Spartax after years of being the legendary space outlaw that we know and uh, are currently pissed off at right now in the MCU. Yeah. So um, <laughs> although tragedy did strike, Tragedy struck. I'm not going to get into a spoiler and say what happened. Mm-hmm. And he is haunted by it for decades. Yeah. And the Guardians of the Galaxy return all in old form mm-hmm. for one last mission and to help him get him out of his funk. I think this one's going to be um, a five-part series, so I'm kind of okay with that because I'm uh, Killmonger's series is almost done. That was a short-term series as well, a five-part. Mm-hmm. So this, I guess, is kind of like my little replacement. That and Prodigy too. Prodigy's almost done too. I just got the third issue. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of short-term issues, but you know, um, interesting. It's an actually interesting read. Um, it does kind of leave you hanging, so you're like, okay, damn, now I gotta finish this. Hmm. But hmm. I recommend it. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. All right. So I noticed that Marvel's into the old man shtick. I know it's the third. It's the third one, but I don't see any. Um, I don't see any. We got two minutes and thousand sub zero fighting outside. We may have to postpone episode two. Ah, oh, damn. Apparently, it's snowing harder. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> oh God, I hate snow. The devil's cocaine. Yeah, I heard it's gonna be fifty tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll probably just knock out all this stuff. So yeah, unfortunately. The UWO show may be uh, canceled tonight. Well, maybe, maybe I say I say brave the elements because it's all, it's gonna melt away before you know it. Yeah, it'll be gone tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah, do drove it. through worse. Oh yeah, do we it. We live in New England. 
Yeah. But other than that, that's pretty much uh, what I've been up to. Nice, nice. So yeah, man. Uh, we have uh, we we've got some headlines, and of course, I think we got the main topic being fire. The fire documentaries. How the fuck yeah! All this research I did, shit, it's gonna be the main topic. Oh yeah, copious, copious notes. notes I see highlights, highlights and all. And all. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, before we get into that uh, in the news and headlines, let's give a quick shout out once again to our sponsor, Studio Region Headphones. High quality, fashionable, affordable headphones that just melt in your ear every time I go into the mic as Victor's listening while he's producing the show at the same time. Mm-hmm. All over your body. We made it weird. <laughs> we made it weird. But to get these to get these high end headphones, all you gotta do is just go to studio.com and then use the promo code Codex Podcast to get fifteen percent of your percent off your purchase. And of course, as always, free shipping in the USA. Can't beat that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We really should be like spokespersons, <laughs> spokespersons for a studio. I know, because <laughs> these are legit good headphones, man. Dude, I definitely use. I use them when I DJ all the time. Yeah, yeah, indeed. All right. Yeah, let's get into some news. Okay, let's let's <laughs> uh, some uh, some interesting stuff uh, this past uh, week. Um, officially, unfortunately, we bring we begin we begin with some unfortunate news in that the Netflix Marvel Universe is no more. Uh, this was reported by uh, uh, the Hollywood Reporter uh, from yesterday's article, saying that the Punisher has been canceled after two seasons, despite really good reviews for season two. Uh, Jessica Jones also got canned, although season three is still forthcoming, so that's going to be the final season. Uh, that's Luke, a good yep. that's a good thing. Mm. Oh yeah. So Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Iron Kung Fu Hipster Man also Leave got the, the man alone. I swear it's like you hate the character. Yeah. All for the simple fact that the show was bad. Yeah. Yeah. The show, the character's actually pretty cool. Is he though? Yeah, the character, especially like in the comics, he's not bad at all. Hey, Just I mean, a bad portrayal in the show. In the show. Yeah, the shows I'm talking about. The comics I can't judge because I never read read an Iron Fist comic. I heard season two was better. Yeah, it was better. Yeah. It was progressing, so it was like, all right, this has potential to get better. You know, they of course they had to um, work off the train wreck that they had, that was season one and the mediocrity of the defenders. Yeah, oh, it was but, mediocre. Yeah, yeah, mediocre. Yeah, could have been better, but like, but as I said, it was progressing. Like something could have been like, all right, this could it had potential to pick up, but it just. Yeah. Pull the plug. We could have got something cool for uh, Heroes for Hire because I enjoy the um. What do you call it? I I enjoy the like whenever like Luke Cage and Danny Rand did come together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were they were kind of they had some chemistry. You can yeah. can deny that. Yeah. So I mean, that could have been good for you know Heroes for Hire. We could have got Daughters of the Dragon. Oh, that would have been cool. You know what I mean. If they if they go by the source material, um, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones actually do get into a relationship, mm-hmm. do get married, and do have a child. Yep, they do. It's like in the comics. Yeah, so I mean that could have get that could have been something. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? We'll see. I think I think it's all gonna go into Disney Plus because who make um, those series are all produced by ABC. Mm-hmm. Who's ABC's uh, parent company? Disney. There you go. And in fact, um, on, on that note, uh, the big reason 
that according to the Hollywood Reporter, a big reason why Netflix canceled those series was because uh, Netflix, simply put, they did not have an ownership stake in any of the Marvel TV series. So um, Business-wise, it makes sense. Yeah. So, like, for each of the series, Netflix paid a steep licensing fee just for one season for each, from, for each character. So they were like, well, we'd rather save money on our end, so we'll just cancel them, regardless of how good they are. Which sucked, but um, but it also but the article also says that Disney, once their uh, seventy two billion dollar Fox acquisition closes, um, they'll have a, they'll also have a majority ownership in Hulu, which also has the Runaways. Runaways and uh, Cloak and um, Cloak and Dagger episodes are on there too, which yep. comes back April fourth. Yep, and it's also on uh, Freeform as well. Yeah. Um, then there's also Fox's uh, The Gifted, which Disney will uh, take control of as well. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Also, uh, 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 Jessica Jones, uh, the showrunner, uh, Melissa Rosenberg, uh, she left after season three wrapped um, because uh, she took a deal with Warner Brothers, uh, which is home of DC Comics. Oh, so she might do some content for them on that on that end. Also, um, the stars of Jessica Jones, they're currently fielding offers, different TV, TV and film offers. And so Netflix didn't, didn't want to hold them back from right. saying that, oh, we'll promise a fourth season. But since we cancel it, you guys are free to do whatever you need to. Um, and also the fact that uh, each, each of the Marvel Netflix series had, had different showrunner changes yeah. from season to season. That also, that also played a role in Netflix canceling those shows, too. Um, and so, and so also, uh, the, the article from The Hollywood Reporter also says that uh, Disney's also planning three TV spinoffs from the MCU, which might go on their streaming service, Disney+. Plus. So you have a, a Loki TV series with Tom Hiddleston. Oh, he's committed to that role. Yeah. I think he's probably... You think, you think that would be his biggest role to date? Um... I'd say... Because Tom Hiddleston's a really good actor. I'd say, like, he, he's in danger of being typecast. Like if he keeps doing that role, and he's just gonna be. He, I think he's already typecast. Yeah, like like he's in Crimson Tide. I'm like, oh look, it's Loki. Yeah, just like, like Charlie Hunnam. He was in that same movie. And I'm like, it's Jack Stallard. <laughs> yeah, um, unless he does like uh, just m- much many more different projects. But uh, from what I hear, the Loki uh, TV series is gonna take place like across like different time spans, like in history, where okay. Loki was the uh, was the trickster. And so that might not so that so that might not necessarily take place after Endgame. So that might like kind of show like different sides of his life, but nothing's but nothing's been solidified. Um, there's also gonna Disney's also planning a Falcon Winter Soldier limited series. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, with because they can't stand each other. That'd be good. Yep, with Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. <laughs> the old bestie versus the new bestie. <laughs> <laughs> Can you move your seat up? No. no. <laughs> And also, um, they're planning a Vision and Scarlet Witch uh, spinoff TV series with Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, which might be a limited run as well. Okay. All right. Um, I can dig it. Yeah. I can dig it. And not to mention, is that they're going to be... Um, Marvel's actually planning some animated series as well. Uh, I, and one of them being Howard the Duck. <laughs> and please, like for that. the love of God, let um, Seth Green voice Howard the Duck. Yeah, is he a big Howard the Duck fan or he voiced it? He voiced him in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, really? Oh, hey, I didn't know that actually. Really? No, oh, that was pretty public knowledge. I don't think mm. he got the credit for it, but he um, 
But yeah, it's been pretty well known. Okay. Yeah, how are the du- hey? I'd, I'd I'd be curious to see what, what that's like. Oh my god, let it be like Duckman from the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd be I'd be for it then. Duckman was a cool show. It was. I had no business watching that <laughs> shit. And then, like, who knows? Come on, we were nine years old watching fucking Red Shoe Diaries and shit. Like, yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Uh. So that's that's uh that's what's going down. Uh. Kyle. Uh. Says uh. Uh. He's gonna catch the audio version of our episode. So peace out, brother. And by the way, fuck Netflix. Um, yeah, I agree. And Brian Lucier says, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, don't forget. Oh, yes, August. I'm there for Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, Along with your fellow popcorn munching, mouth breeding, vulva rubbing, dick beating. <laughs> there was more to it. I can't um, book hating, school bunking, fast food eating. Uh, fast food lasagna. <laughs> good Lord. Good Lord. Uh, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what Disney Plus is uh, gonna uh, offer if they're gonna bring back the 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 Netflix Marvel universe in any sh- any way any form or fashion. I think I think their their streaming platform is coming out uh, this year later later this year. Hopefully, if it's on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, they can afford it. They could. Yeah, and hopefully they won't try to buy out Sony. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, That's and a lot of money. Yeah. That's I, it's a lot of money. I think the I think there needs to be some antitrust regulations coming in because Disney's becoming too big. The, the the People's Republic of Disney is coming. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> it is. And um, Walt Disney's just sitting in his grave like my name lives on, bitches. <laughs> oh man. Um, speaking of TV, uh, you remember that show? All that. Of course I do. I'm a child of the 90s. I hate that phrase so much. I know that. <laughs> Just get it on a shirt. Oh, man. Uh, all that is coming back this summer. And all that revival, which will be executive produced by Keenan Thompson and... Right. And what? No, I was going to say right person to do it, but you said and, yeah. like, there's somebody else doing it too? Um, they're going to bring back a lot of the original cast. And they're going to introduce some new, younger, up-and-coming comics as well. Which is cool, you know. It's like it's you know passing. It's like what they did with ECW with the WWE ECW. Yeah, like they're gonna bring in some of the originals, but to propel, you yeah. know, newer you know newer talent. Yeah. Um, it'd be cool to see like a nice reunion. I mean, I follow one cast, two cast members on Instagram, and that's because I had major crushes on. Well, I had a major crush on one of them back in the day. Mm-hmm. The other one now I just do Katrina Johnson. She play um she used to play the girl who had the lemonade stand. Okay. And then somebody didn't want to buy it, she'll start crying and all that. And then mm. like they're like, all I have is a credit card. Okay. And she just whips out a card machine. Ah. <laughs> and um and then Elisa Reyes, who was I always called like the fly Spanish girl from back in the day. I remember her, yep. Yeah, she was on yeah, I follow her too. Bring back Keenan and Kel. You don't need to bring back Keenan and Kel. Well, there's actually going to be a Keenan and Kel reunion. Reunion, cool. Yeah. Now they didn't say whether or not it's going to be like a full-on TV series, or like a or like a one-off. Jeez, the, what happened? But Keenan and Kel, who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. Is it true? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Keenan and Kel was my show back then. Man. Everybody, yo, if you yeah. did not like Keenan and Kel, like something wrong with you. Yeah, I gotta check like the 
dad's still alive. Yeah, that's when Coolio was relevant. You know, he still got them damn dreads. Yeah, but it's like he's bald, but yeah, has like yeah, he still has like the like the little dreads on the side of his head. Yeah, I'm like, dude, Coolio, knock it off. You're in your fifties. Yeah, just be bald. Yeah, just be bald. We know who you are. Yeah, just be bald. It's kind of like like what if Shawn Michaels decided not to give up the fight with between him and his hairline? I'm okay with that because <laughs> looking at him bald is heartbreaking. It is. It so is. Good gravy. But yeah, the All That reunion coming this summer. Hey, you know, for a, uh, any of you nostalgia junkies out there uh, who wants to listen to that All That theme song one more time, have at it. And um, all the cast members are still alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that one skit, Vital Information. For your everyday life. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and of course, Brian Lucier. Yes, thank you. Salute your shorts. That was one of my favorite shows. We hold you in, in our hearts. hearts. And, and when, when we, we think, think about you, it makes me want to fart. <laughs> Bobby Button. He turned into, he ended up becoming like a successful like voice actor. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know he was in a few video games. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, I know he's done a couple. Yeah. Oh, man. That show was great. Salute your shorts. And of course, Pete and Pete. I did not appreciate Pete and Pete until later on. Oh, yeah. I just, at first, Pete and Pete just really didn't appeal. It didn't really appeal to me. Yeah. You didn't like Artie, the strongest man in the world. world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great shows, man. But yes, uh, other news. Uh, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart have been inducted in the Guinness Book, Book of World Records um, for the longest longest portrayal of a live-action superhero for Marvel. So Hugh Jackman for Wolverine, Patrick Stewart for Professor Xavier, uh, with a reported 16 years, 228 days at the time of the announcement. So from 2000 to 2017, to 2017 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not knocking it. That's that's a that's a cool record right there. And of course, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart uh, retired uh, the role as Professor Xavier, so there's going to be a new actor at some point, as well as Hugh Jackman. He's not playing Wolverine again. Um, question is, who will play Wolverine? That's a good question. Kevin Feige's already looking into it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I still say Scott Eastwood has the look. I don't think so. He's too. But can he? Can, does he have the acting chops? We'll see. He's too. He's too good looking of a guy. Like you can gruff him up a little because he looks so much like his dad. Let's just give him like the mutton chops, the wild hair. No, he can do I it. I don't see it. You don't see it. I don't see it. Closest one is Lee Schreiber, and he was already saber tooth. Yeah, yeah. They they got to do somebody brand Wasn't he, new. Like supposed to play Chris Benoit. Yeah, I heard you. He was supposed to play Chris Benoit in that uh, upcoming Benoit biopic. I don't know is what. It, I was gonna say, is they st- are they still working on it? Last I heard, probably, it, was, it was still in production. Uh, it's probably developmental hell. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know how you can crack that story. <laughs> um, we need to know a reason why he did it, and there's we will never know. Yeah, yeah, for real, man. Um. Also, some other news. Uh, Army Hammer has debunked Batman casting rumors. So, uh, Army Hammer, uh, he was formerly the Lone Ranger. Uh, he was also in Sorry to Bother You um, and Call Me By Your Name. 
Uh, he has debunked uh, rumors that he is cast as the next Batman. He says, in fact, Warner hasn't even Warner Brothers hasn't even contacted him yet at all. Mm. So, um, I, I mean, Ar- Army Hammer, I think he's a he's better as a supporting actor. Like he does interesting character work in, in as a supporting actor, but as a leading role, especially as Bruce Wayne, uh, I'd say go with somebody else. Um, and 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 on that note, I know that a lot of fans on social media, at least, wanted us to, to see Daniel Kaluuya as Bruce Wayne. Who the fuck are these people? I have no idea. People want to see a black Bruce Wayne for some reason. Don't, don't ask me why. I, I, I'm all for, you know, for my people and all that, but yeah. no. Yeah. No. Like I like I wouldn't mind uh, I wouldn't mind a, a a black Bruce Wayne like in the comics like like some kind of like Elseworlds type deal like a what if you know what I mean yeah but like, if you're talking about, like the, the main Bruce Wayne yeah no 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 you know what we need to see a Batman Beyond movie and Michael Keaton playing Bruce Wayne I wouldn't mind that no everybody wants it. No, I say I wouldn't mind because Batman Beyond had a stupid twist which ruined the whole series. Okay, just leave out the twist. Yeah, if you if you leave out the twist for the live action for the live action version, I'd be all for it. Simple solution. What's that? I'm just saying, just yeah. leave out the twist. That was a simple solution. Yeah, and you you know what the twist was right. I don't. I didn't really watch it. I watched like one episode, and I'm like, okay, cool. This is it. Yeah, yeah the the twist it wasn't it wasn't resolved in the actual show, but it was on uh, Justice League Unlimited, and it turned out that uh, Terry McGinnis, who was the new uh, Batman. He was actually Bruce Wayne's son. But more than that, he was a clone of Bruce Wayne. That's very complicated. Yeah. When it didn't need to be. Yeah. It was so stupid that like it retroactively undid the series. Because like apparently like Amanda Waller came up to Terry McGinnis and explained that, oh well, we we just scraped up Batman's DNA all over Gotham City after years of fighting, you know, blood samples and all this. Then we implanted it into into your father, so we overwrote your father's DNA with Bruce Wayne's DNA. So then when you were born, it was really Bruce Wayne's DNA and your mother's, not your father's. It was so stupid. It was like it's like you basically broke something that didn't need to be broken. That's DC for you. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the dumbest twists I've ever seen in fiction, straight up and down. But yeah. But yeah, ignore that twist and just present Batman Beyond as like a cool live action movie with Michael Keaton. I'd, I'd love that, actually. And he has to say, I'm Batman. Yeah. He just has to. This get, have the applause break moment. Yeah. yeah. And a couple of uh, TLC references, too. <laughs> For no reason. G. <laughs> I swear, that's my second favorite Michael Keaton role. Mm. He, I love how he played it so straight, but he was still funny. <laughs> I need to watch that movie again. Yeah. Uh, and also, speaking of some wild casting news, Chris. Like the boys. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Go All ahead. Right. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, you know him as Thor. Chris Hemsworth has been cast to play Hulk Hogan in an upcoming Hulk Hogan biopic for Netflix. Yeah. It's going to be a thing. Yes. It will be willed into existence. Like, that's really going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you something, Nick, uh, brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm 
Okay, I was like, whoa, whoa, now. So, I wasn't gonna say the whole word. I'm not Hogan. I'm not Terry Bollea. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not dropping that word freely. But but apparently, from what I read, that the the film's gonna cover like his early career and like up to like WrestleMania three, like like hit the peak, like in his in his heyday in the '80s. So it's not gonna get into the whole sex tape and the whole him being a racist and him trouble in paradise, trouble in paradise. Mr. Uh, Nanny. I liked Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny was fun. Dumbass movie. Yeah. Looking back at it. Like, if I probably watch it, I'm like, this aged horribly. Oh, but yeah. as a kid, I thought it was cool. Yeah. Three Ninjas, High Noon, and Mega Mountain. <laughs> Suburban Commando. Oh, my God. Was that the one with the Undertaker? Undertaker, with- yes, with a high voice. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh I remember seeing Hulk Hogan in those movies, and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. It's the coolest thing ever. And then you look at it, and it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, th- oh th- don't, don't worry. They're still fun for all the wrong reasons now that we're older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have not even... I have not watched that movie since... What was it? Like, 92 when it came out? Yeah. I remember Christopher Lloyd being in it. Yep. He was in it. Oh, my God. Doc Brown. That's all I know. That's the only three people I know. Let me... Hold on. Let me look up this cast real quick. I looking up Suburban Commandos yep. cast? <laughs> but yeah, man. Chris Hemsworth. Thor. Uh, he's gonna be uh, Hulk Hogan, the Immortal One, twenty-four inch pythons. Um, which makes me wonder who would play the other characters like Randy Savage, Andre the Giant. Uh, I saw a tweet that someone said that Mark Ruffalo should play a CG Andre the Giant, just like Hulk. Yeah. I mean, it, well, maybe yeah. could work. I can kind of see it. Yeah, could. Um, who would play Hulk Hogan? Christopher Lloyd. Yep. Shelly Duvall. Wow, she wasn't that. Michael Faustino. I'm assuming related to David Faustino. I don't know. Uh, Laura Mooney. Larry Miller. Dennis Berkeley. Branscombe Richmond. William Ball. Jack Alam. Joanne Deering. Roy Dotries. Tony Longo. And Mark Calloway. That sounds that sounds familiar. Who's Tony Longo? Is he a wrestler? No, no, hmm. no. He's just an actor. Okay. Who's played in uh, the Facts of Life, Laverne and Shirley, Simon and Simon, Perfect Strangers? Did an episode of Mog. He was in Mulholland Drive. Oh, okay. Huh. I'll, I'll I'll have to look him up. Yeah, do that. He's dead, too. Huh. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, that was so like insensitive. Yeah. Yeah, that's you, Carl. I know. That's you all over. Um, oh, also some other other details of the Holly, the Hogan Netflix biopic. Uh, Todd Phillips will be directing. He did Hangover. I know who Todd Phillips is. I'm just trying to rep- I'm trying to process this information. Does that mean that Bradley Cooper could play Randy Savage? Because he has a beard. I wouldn't mind seeing that. <laughs> no, man. It's just, this movie should just not happen. It shouldn't, which is why I think I say it should. <laughs> it's going to be a cinematic fire festival. That's a good segue. All right. <laughs> Boom. That's a good segue into uh, our, our main topic. And speaking of Netflix oh. and Hulu, 
Uh, we're going to get into the Fire Festival documentaries. Oh, um, man, which yeah. came out a few weeks ago. Um, I, I myself have seen the Fire documentary on Netflix. Um, you've seen both of them? I have seen the uh, yeah the Fire documentary, uh, Fire, which is directed by Chris Smith, which yep. is on Netflix, and then Fire Fraud, which is on Hulu, directed by Jennifer, Jennifer excuse me, and uh, Julie, Julia Wilby Nason. Yes. Which is on Hulu. And also, uh, Talk is Jericho actually did an episode about that this week of the Fire Festival Fraud with an interview with Austin Mills, who is a uh, YouTube, he's a YouTube personality who was in attendance to the festival as well. And he vlogged the entire thing. And I watched that. It was only for 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minute video. Watched that entire thing on my way here. Wow. Okay. So, uh... So yeah, man, uh, the Fire Festival. Uh, you want to tell the people uh, what okay, it was so about? It was a failed music festival, which was founded by uh, Billy McFarlane, who was the CEO of Fire Media, and rapper uh, Ja Rule. Holla, holla. I, I like this first album. His first album was Fire. I, I ain't going to deny that. But he's still a trash person. And a yeah, trash it was created to promote the uh, Fire app. Mm-hmm. Which was like a it was for um for booking uh music talent, basically like an Uber mm-hmm. for booking music talent. Oh, okay. So it's like you would download, you would you know get the app and whatever, and you would say, okay, I want Rick Ross, Boast. at my but at my party. So you would put in an offer, mm-hmm. and it would go to Rick Ross's people, whether they would decline, accept, whatever. But it's just an easy easy way to book talent. Okay, the festival was supposed to take place on two separate weekends, one from April 28th to the 30th, and from May 5th to the 7th, located on the Bahamian island of Great Exuma. Yep. And this was Exuma, in, excuse me. Exuma. Wow, it's an accent. <laughs> <laughs> and this was in 2017. 2017, yes, yep. sir. Yep. <clears throat> oh, yeah. my goodness. It was actually... Pro- okay, so it was... um it was actually promoted by social media influencers, you know, like uh, Kendall Jenner, Bella Hadid, Emma Ratajkowski. Um, they did not even say they didn't say if they were paid to do so, but yeah, they were just on a and they were on. They found the island and um, over a flight between you know Billy McFarlane and excuse me, I got like a lot of notes here and lots of highlights. You know, to promote the. Um, Wait, let me get myself together. Wait, okay. first off, what you think of all, think of it all together? Uh, well, uh, the fire festival was a unmitigated disaster, and for me, this was definitely an example of uh, blatant greed, arrogance, um, especially on the part of Billy McFarland and someone who was uh, completely feeling himself and was completely sociopathic. Like you could tell, like this dude has no empathy whatsoever. Like he can only think about money and making money like how 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 he affects people emotionally mentally be damned he he yeah. d- d- doesn't compute in his brain he's actually in which is the difference between the uh netflix documentary and the hulu documentary where the netflix documentary they just had uh they interviewed uh people who were involved yep and um the uh, Hulu documentary had people who covered it some who were actually there like Austin Mills he was um actually there like I mentioned before, he was actually there, and he was in the he was in the Hulu film, and they actually used his uh, they actually used footage from his um, 
from his social media accounts, from his YouTube page, yep. also from various other influencers that was there too, and um, to put you know to help get the footage together. I think who I think Netflix did the same as well, mm-hmm. but because um, then they they definitely did credit. Um, they gave you know they credit whoever's you know film that they used that they uh, used. Yeah, but um. Like, oh yeah, and the Hulu film actually has interviews with Billy McFarlane himself. Yeah. So it's like, he was actually, so he was already an entrepreneur. He was like in his 20s, so he's still very, he's still relatively young. He's like 28 now, mm-hmm. I think, 28, 29 now. But he had a previous venture, which is called Magne- Magnesis. Yeah. Spelled Magnesis. Yep. And what it was, it was like, it was a, it was like a credit card. But yeah, it was supposed to like help you get into like special parties, uh, high end food, ta- you know, food tasting from celebrity chefs, um, all sorts of other deals, which all of them fell through. Yep. Um, but yeah, so they found so during a flight to the Bahamas, they found they were on a private plane and it touched down on a deserted island, which island what they discovered was actually uh, Norman's Key. Is it Key or K? Uh, I think it's Key. Key, yeah, which is um, a former private island of Carlos Leda Rivas, who was a kingpin of the uh, Medellin cartel, mm-hmm. Pablo Escobar's boys. Yep. So they're just like, okay, let's just do something here. So they had all these supermodels just like come in. They started having fun, popping bottles, swimming with pigs and all that. It's like, hey, shoot this video. We're going to shoot this video here, and we're going to plan a festival here. Mm-hmm. Let's... And in the fifth, in the videos, in the promotional videos, they said previously owned by Pablo Escobar, mm-hmm. but they weren't supposed to do that. Yeah. Okay. He violated those terms where you know Pablo Escobar's lawyers and the estate saying you cannot say that this video, that this island was owned was had anything to do with Pablo Escobar because yeah. that island they used to like run that used to be a um, a key stop and during the. Um, during the drug t- trade in the eighties uh, and early nineties, mm-hmm. so yeah, he already just like messed that one up. So they had to relocate to another island, but they had, they had already advertised, "Hey, this is Pablo Escobar's single island." Mm-hmm. So they found the island of um, Great Great Exuma, which mm-hmm. was just north of a Sandals Resort, and so they released pictures, but they kind of like edited out most of the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To actually make it look like it was a small private island. Yeah. When really that it wasn't. <laughs> wow. As if people wouldn't catch on. People people were catching on, but it's like it wasn't the wrong people who didn't have really like a strong social media presence. So it was like, all right, who really like yeah. cares? Like yeah. who really was like paying, you know, who really care basically, yeah, who cares? Like nobody yeah. wasn't gonna pay attention to him. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so what they did is that all right, they started putting like just an orange, orange logo, style of flames on their Instagram posts, all those uh, social media influencers and models, and then with the text saying a video promise, an immersive music festival, two transformative weekends on boundaries of the impossible. Mm-hmm. So then they had investors like Carola. Yeah, Carola Jane, who is um, a fashion executive, she she arranged Fire to receive a four million dollar loan mm-hmm. to rent most of to rent most of the luxurious offices 
and for in Manhattan's Tribeca neighborhood, just so they can help start, you know, get this thing going yeah. and stuff. But I don't, I, I think they was just already like way in their heads and stuff. Like they told them, like people actually told them, like, listen, the event will cost at least five million, perhaps even twelve million to stage that time in a very short period of time. I think they was only trying to book in like two, three months, maybe. Yeah, it was a matter of months. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and they were told that like it was going to take realistically maybe two, three years at that. A year tops. Yeah. A year. Yeah, a year tops. And he and his associates, they believed that it would cost less, and they continued with their plans under the assumption. And then um, McFarlane, he suppo- allegedly, supposedly, he learned how to rent a stage by doing a Google search. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, like, on, on that note, there was some, like, real shocking incompetence like 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 one of the things that one of the things that shocked me in the fire documentary was yeah. that um one of the uh people who one of the people who actually advised was supposed to be one of the advisors for the fire festival who actually was was uh trying to advise Bill, uh billy mcfarland on like the, the logistics like the venue and like the 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 setup like living arrangements and all that for the people this dude uh, was actually a pilot who taught himself how, how to, to fly. fly a plane through a flight. Through, what was it like a Google flight simulator? No, or something? Microsoft flight, flight simulator. simulator. This dude taught himself to fly with Microsoft flight simulator. Fuck it, I want to learn how to fly a plane now. And he, and he was the most sane, one of the most <laughs> the sane, sane people on in the entire planning committee. And then like they kicked him out because like he was like well he, he I think he brought up like the bathroom the sanitation situation and yeah, how like impossible nothing. it was yeah yeah and they're like oh you're just you're oh man you're just harsh, harshing our mellow bro why are you being so negative boot yep and you know home dude was like okay I'm going and guess what he's chilling doing documentaries making money off these documentaries laughing yeah he is while flying Microsoft <laughs> flight while flying a plane. Yeah, that he learned through a Microsoft sim. For real, that's like that's like that's like me learning how to drive through playing like Forza or Gran Turismo. That yeah, it, it's just mind blowing. It's like, like like part of me was like, okay, that shouldn't happen. And also, is Microsoft Flight Simulator that damn good? It has to be. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna do some research. Do pilots use that as their training program? Because I want to. I'll buy Why it. not? But shit, if there's a PS4 version somewhere, shit. Shit. <laughs> shit. So, yeah. The <laughs> event sold day tickets ranging from $500 to $1,500 in VIP packages, including airfare and luxury tent accommodations. I can't wait to get to those. Oh, boy. Re- sold for $12,000. US yeah, the final advertised lineup included more than 30 groups like uh, Good Music, Tiger, Design, um, they're, they're pretty much Good Music, Major Lazer, Blink-182, Disclosure, Migos, Ketronada, Little Yachty, and so many others. Mm-hmm. So many others. And on the mainland, only 5,000... 000- on the mainland, 5,000 tickets have been sold and air fit and air service was hired to charter festival goers from Miami. A, a medical services company and caterer, and caterer was also hired, but then latter withdrew a few weeks before the festival. So a new catering service with a $100 million total budget was hired, drastically reduced from the $6 million, $6 million original allocated to provide 
for what was promised as uniquely authentic island cuisine, local seafood, Bahamian-style sushi, and even a pig roast. Damn. Pig roast on top of all of that. And I love pig roast. Yes. As do I. Man. Oh, my gosh. Um, when you mentioned the food situation, oh, man, that, well, that one part made me so mad. Um, oh. Yeah. There's more to come. There's more to come to that. We're still in. The, I'm still in the organization. Yeah. Part of my notes. Yeah. So and there was a vet. So a veteran event producer, Yaren Lavi. Lavi actually told him, "Listen, abandon your plans for temporary villas and just erect te- erect tents instead. Mm-hmm. Only that's the only accommodation that could be delivered in that short amount of time that they was doing. That they you know was that they could do. Yeah. No, we're gonna do this." <laughs> no, we're gonna do it. Yep. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Even Comcast Venture Comcast Ventures considered they didn't. Smart move on them. They considered investing two twenty five million on the app, which McFarlane was hoping that they would do, which would allow them to finance defense to finance the festival. But they were like, nah. Yeah. They 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 knew it was a it's throwing good money after bad. Yeah, even McFarlane tried to say, hey, Fire Media, we're worth $90 million. There was no sufficient proof to even say that, to even prove that. Yeah. So that's why Conquest just gave him, that's why Conquest just was like, nah, fuck Conquest. Comcast just said, nah, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they weren't trying to get egg on their faces. Guess what they're doing? Yep. Chilling. They're chilling. Selling high-end cable. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they dodged a bullet. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I mean, these plans, however, they were they were revoked at the last minute with the decision to go on to plan the event as well. They're just like, let's just do it and be legends, man. I admire their optimism. I will do that, but one that's what one of the organizers said. But even then, page six was reporting like, yo, listen, it was so disorganized and they were just completely over their heads. Yeah. But somehow, after the Comcast deal fell through, McFarlane obtained some temporary financing for a fire through an investor, Ezra Birnbaum. I'm probably saying his name wrong, so forgive me. That required the company to repay. That required the company to repay at least five hundred thousand dollars of loan of the loan within sixteen days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fire, and then later, around the same time, Fire informed ticket holders that the event would be "quote unquote." Cashless and cardless, mm-hmm. so they encourage they encourage the attendees to put up fifteen hundred dollars in advance on a digital fire band. Mm-hmm. So it's like they would just yeah put a band on, and then you would get that's how you can pay for your drinks or whatever. Yeah, to cover you know incidentals according to one of the lawsuits. But despite, but this was despite um, advisors warning McFarlane that such digital digital bracelets will be completely useless because of the poor Wi-Fi connection at the site. <laughs> about two hundred, about two million dollars of were uploaded to these bracelets. Forty percent of which, according to the lawsuit later filed by Burnbem, was used to pay off the short term the short term loan. Wow, just scamming people yeah. just to pay off. So death. I will say this: I know this was this documentary has gotten so much buzz. Hmm. One person who's been in a way uh, who's been hit really hard by this mm-hmm. was Andy King, who was a veteran 
Um, oh, that You guy. know what I'm talking about. Oh, my He's God. He's a veteran event planner and stuff. And oh, my goodness. Yeah. Should I get into it? Because you know I'm the vulgar one out of the bunch. Oh, please get into this scene. Oh <laughs> my god, I'm sorry. This is my favorite part. This is this had me dying. So mm. he was an event planner. He tells he tells a shocking story where they had four 18 wheeler tr- 18 wheeler trucks filled with Evian waters, mm-hmm. and it ended up at customs. Yep. So McFarlane, so Billy McFarlane, asked Andy King, who he called. The fearless gay leader, mm-hmm. Andy King was indeed he is indeed a gay man, mm-hmm. to suck the head of U.S. Customs dick. Yeah. To release the water. To release the water. So he told him to please take one for the team and suck his dick. I mean, my jaw dropped. And just the look on Andy King's face. But wait, there's more. (laughs) As Andy King said, I went home. I took a shower. Took some mouthwash, thinking to myself, oh, shit. I'll get ready to do it. He got in his car. Went over there, and he was fully prepared <laughs> to suck his <laughs> This man was fully prepared to give the head of Customs head for some spring water. Yeah. But he didn't go through with it, and they still end up releasing the water. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is literally the best take one for the team story that I have ever heard. And everybody has been in a situation where they had to take one for the team. Not as extreme as this one. Oh, no. (laughs) Because I've took, I took, you've taken one for the team, I'm sure. There there were times. Not to this extent, though. Yeah, me neither. I mean, okay, the one I can think of was, years ago, I'll put my business out there, and this was, this is pretty big, whatever. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, Two friends of mine, they was dating, you know, they was dating these girls. They was dating these two girls, mm-hmm. but they had their friend with them. Mm-hmm. And we was going to the movies. Don't even ask me what we went to see, because I don't even remember. This was that long ago. Okay. And they had a friend with her who, I mean, they wasn't going to leave her in the house or something. So instead of her being a fifth wheel, mm-hmm. I had to be that guy. Okay. It take what's for the team, and she was um, she was pretty cosmetically challenged. Okay. She liked me too. Oh, that's so sweet. You shut your goddamn <laughs> pizza, Hawaiian pizza eating mouth. No. That shit was awful, and I'm just like, man, I gotta get away. I gotta get out of it somehow, some way. I can't even remember how I got out of this. But oh man. Yeah, that was my. You got to take one for the team story. Something exceedingly minor, not even worth getting into on the podcast. God damn it! Yeah, it's pretty, very tame, very tame. You had to be a wingman or something. Something along those lines. Yeah, I've had to do that too. Yeah, but I, I vaguely, I vaguely remember the details. Oh man! But I will say, like, 
Andy King, like the look on his face describing it, it was a mixture of confusion, regret, apology, uh, uh, the, 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 yeah, I was going to do it. <laughs> he was really going to do it. And like he was memed to high heaven. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. I loved every single one. Like there was one where it just said um, payment options Visa, MasterCard, Andy K. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I, like, like here's a message. The, here's a message that we at the Codex Prime Podcast uh, will freely give out to anyone out there who wants to start a business or even start a podcast or any kind of business venture. If you reach the point where you, where the thought crosses your mind to perform fellatio in order to move your business ahead, you fucked up somewhere. <laughs> And you need to rethink your entire business plan and strategy. <laughs> or maybe abandon it altogether. Just saying. Oh, man. Rethink it. Rethink it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I laughed so hard. I had to pause the documentary and laugh. Mind you, this was only on the Netflix one. They did not mention this at all in the Hulu one. Wow. <laughs> Probably hence why the Hulu, the Netflix one was so much better. Yeah. And uh, I'll actually uh, get to his reaction a little later on as, as, as we close off. Because let's get to the events. Yes. The day is here. Mm-hmm. So the day of it, and they had absolutely not a damn thing set up. First of all, they, had, they actually had like people... From the Bahamas, like working tirelessly. Yeah. 24 hour days. Yep. There was even some people who was in the office who was like working at the festival, but yet still working, like working 24 hours at the festival, but yet still working 24 hours setting, you know, on the business end as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're literally working two 24 hour days in 24 hours, if yeah. that makes any type of sense whatsoever. Yeah, basically two jobs for the price of one. Yeah. Yeah. And you weren't even going to get that one price either. I I'm sure the hell wasn't, but oh my God. So, I mean, there was nothing done. They had to use, fe- instead of like luxurious tents, what did they use? They used FEMA. FEMA, te- FEMA tents and air mattresses. Yep. Some real mattresses. Mm-hmm. Twin beds and stuff, but like. Yeah. Yeah. FEMA tents and air mattresses so this festival this was one of the cases where like whatever could go wrong Mm -hmm. simply went wrong oh yeah murphy's law all over this yes i mean so in the early morning of every of april 27th the day of the festival heavy rain fell on great ex great exuma which soaked the open tents and mattresses piled all in the open in the open air for guest arrivals later on that day so the in the first flights from Miami International Airport to to uh Exuma International Airport operated by Swift Air and Extra Airways landed at 6:20 a.m. which they thought that was supposed to air, supposed to arrive at 6:50 mm-hmm. now because of the rain they're like oh it's going you know the rain they won't allow they won't fly in on time Everybody's gonna be late, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Blink Blinkway 182 was like, 
yeah, we're not going to do this. They put out a Twitter that day, just like, yo, we're, we're not confident that we would have to have what we need to give you the quality performances we always give our fans. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Yeah. They dodged a bullet. I mean, I saw Travis Barker do mention something on 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 um on why Blink One Eighty Two canceled, but it was like they were gonna bring their families there. Oh Jesus. Oof. That would have been disastrous. Oh, you itself. think? That would have been another lawsuit at hand. So mm-hmm. then, you know, initial arrivals were brought to an impromptu beach party at a beachside restaurant where they just plied with alcohol as they kept waiting for around six hours while frantic pep preparations at the festival site continued. Mm-hmm. So people were still working. Yeah. The day of, and they were on like crunch time. Yep. Like worse than the creators of Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> yeah. They- worse. Because at least we got a good product out of Red Dead Redemption too. True, we did. And while these, while these dudes who paid, these men and women who paid. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And festival and festival goers were dropped off at the production bungalow where McFarlane and his team were based on, so they could be registered. But after hours, and as I seen in Austin Mills' video, hours, mm-hmm. like he was able to be able to like vlog as much as he can mm-hmm. from his from when he left his house to when he got when he returned back to the states mm. so yeah festival goes were dropped off yeah lines process lines okay wait, wait but after hours long lines the process broke down and turned into a free-for-all as people rushed to claim their own tents so i was like all right well, okay now that you're registered just go claim your own tent yeah there was no order at some all some people had didn't even they didn't even have enough tents <laughs> like they was that. just like there were some people who had no place to sleep yeah no place to sleep no place to shit no place to shower mm-hmm. nothing yeah so yeah. in the early morning it was announced that the festival will be postponed and that the attendees will return to Miami as soon as possible yeah oh and, and with the tent scene like um, in the fire documentary there was that one that one kid that one douchebag who, who was actually like proud of saying that oh yeah we oh we i pissed in other people's tents so we wouldn't have any neighbors we like poked holes in like air mattresses oh yeah that asshole yeah and he and he said it with like such pride and such matter of factness like he was actually dragged through social media to the point where he had to delete his instagram good (laughs) yeah fuck him yeah it turns out that he's like some kind of like business entrepreneur in new york somewhere a lot of a lot of them are there were a lot of social media influencers who were there yeah so like so then reposts from the festival emerged with various problems i mean everything people's get back um baggage is scattered disaster relief tents with dirt floors and mattresses wet mattresses unfinished gravel lot um no cell phone or internet service. The portable toilets. There was no running water. Like they compared it to. Oh my god, what was that movie? Oh man. Oh, they compared it to um, William Golding's novel, novel Lord of the Flies, and Suzanne Collins in The Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. It pre- that's pretty much an apt comparison. It's. So yeah, you know, many atten- many attendees uh, were pu- were reportedly stranded as flights to and from the island were canceled after a government order that barred any more planes from landing. 
So the first flight back to Miami boarded at 1.30 a.m. on April 28th, which was the next day, but was delayed for hours and hours. And as Austin was saying, like, dude, the sun's coming up. Mm-hmm. So they got on at 1.30 a.m., got on the plane. They actually kind of got on and off the plane. Mm-hmm. And, and they were still on the plane. Like, we're still on the plane. The sun is coming up. <laughs> so that had to have been about, let me see, if this was April, what, five, six in the morning? Yeah. So imagine like being stuck on a plane that never took off mm-hmm. for five, six hours. Shit. You know what I mean? But it was delayed for hours due due to issues with flight with the flights manifest. And it was canceled after sun and it was canceled after sunrise. <laughs> and passengers, they were locked in. They locked the passengers in the Exume Airport with no access to food. Or water, no air conditioning, and there was actually a passenger who did. They opened the door because a passenger like passed out from mm-hmm. the heat and yep. had to be hospitalized. Mm-hmm. So, but eventually, more charter flights came, and they were you know getting everybody out of there and stuff. Yeah. So, as far as the organizers, they said that McFarlane actually had a history of just overpromising, which is like something that he did with. Um, I mean, with the uh, Magnesis cards and so one one of them being that McFarlane sold VIP tickets to the Music Hamilton for four hundred and thirty dollars. The tickets were canceled at the last minute. Mm. I mean, the celebrity promoters, a lot of them end up like taking down those posts that they did, like trying to say, "Listen, we, we had nothing to do with it. Yeah, had nothing to do with it. Even yeah." As I'm going into the aftermath, Jaru had to post it and posted a note on Twitter saying it was not a, it was not a scam. This is not my fault. In my yeah. worst Ja Rule impression. <laughs> that was actually kind of good. I mean, because he's trash. <laughs> 50 did it to it. Oh yeah. 50 ruined it. Oh my God. Why didn't I go on 50 Cent's Instagram and see what he posted about this? Oh, he posted something about He had to have. He hates Ja Rule. Man, he does. When 50 hates you. He hates you hard. He does. He can hold a grudge. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as a result of this, with all the lawsuits, actually, you know what? Fire Festival actually did issue, they actually posted a statement out there on their website. And I read, Fire Festival set out to provide a once-in-a-lifetime musical experience on the islands of the, of the Exumas. Due to circumstances out of, out of our control, which was a lie, the physical infrastructure was not in place on time, and we were and we are unable to fulfill on that vision safely and enjoyably for our guests. At this time, we are working tirelessly to get flights scheduled and to get everyone off Great Eczema and home safely and quickly as we can. We ask that guests currently on the island do not make their own arrangements to get the get to the airport, as we are coordinating those plans. We are working. We are working to to place everyone on complimentary charters back to Miami today. This po- this process commenced, and the safety and the comfort of our of our guests is our top priority. Priority. The festival is being postponed until we can further assess if and when we are we are able to create the high quality experience we envision. We ask for everyone's patience and cooperation during this difficult time as we work as quickly and safely as we can to remedy the unforeseeable situation. We will continue to provide regular updates via email to our guests and via our social media channels as they become available. 
So, in other words, we fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And they're trying, they would try to do some serious, and I mean serious, damage control. Yeah. And it's, it's, a hell of, it's a hell of a lot to walk away from. You think? I mean, let's get to the lawsuits. Shoot. Okay, as a result of the festival, McFarlane and Ja Rule were the subject of a $100 million lawsuit in the state of California. Um, filed on behalf of uh, plaintiff Daniel Jung by entertainment lawyer Mark Gregos, who was seeking a class action status, who was seeking class action status for the lawsuit with more than 150 plaintiffs. Mm. A second class action lawsuit against uh, a second class action lawsuit against Fire Media, McFarlane, Ja Rule, and the event promoters, identified as Does One to One Hundred was filed in Los Angeles by a personal injury lawyer, John Girardi, on behalf of three attendees. A third lawsuit was filed by a New York federal court against Ja Rule, McFarlane, Fire Media, and Chief Marketing Officer Grant Margolin. And altogether, there was eight lawsuits. Eight. According to this Wikipedia um, article that I've been that I'm using. And on July 3rd, 2018, two Carolina attendees were granted $5 million in damages. Damn, I wish I could have went to this thing. Are you sure? Oh, I would have been suing my motherfucking ass <laughs> off. Oh, I'm getting some money for this shit. That's damage. It is. But also, like, if you if you had enough money to go to Fire Festival, you wouldn't go. You wouldn't go. It's true. Yeah. So... You'd, you'd be able to dodge a bullet. Yeah. So then yeah, there was a criminal investigation. So on May twenty, on May twenty first, twenty seventeen, the New York Times reported that McFarlane and his associates were under an active criminal, an active federal criminal investigation by the FBI for mail fraud, wire fraud, and securities fraud. And on June thirtieth, twenty seventeen, McFarlane was arrested and charged with one account of wire fraud. On March sixth, twenty eighteen, McFarlane pleaded guilty to one. To one count of wire fraud in what the U.S. In what the U.S. Justice Department called a scheme to defraud investors, as well as second count wire fraud related to a scheme to defraud a ticket vendor, McFarlane was ordered to repay twenty six million to investors. Yeah. And as of and on October 11, twenty eighteen, McFarlane was sentenced to six years in prison and ordered to forfeit twenty six million million dollars for wire fraud. He is currently incarcerated at the Federal Correctional Institute in Otisville in Orange County, New York. Yeah. Six years in the pokey, um, which is deserved. But I will say that I get the impression that once he's out of prison, he's going to do it all over again. He's already, he's already started. Because I have a few more um, after I went in on these damn notes. You did. Last doing research on it. Yeah. So um let's go back to um who is actually labeled hashtag friend goals, friendship goals, mm-hmm. Mr. Andy King. <laughs> <laughs> Andy King. So he actually did a recent interview and he was asked about like his reaction to his now, I guess, 15 minutes of fame, and he says that he doesn't... First of all, he said that he was blown away, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that he doesn't want to be known as the blowjob king of the world. Right. 
that, excuse me for this. And uh, he also hopes to do some good with his newfound fame. And he actually started a GoFundMe for Marianne Rowe. Now, Marianne Rose, she was a Exuma restaurant owner and who lost her entire life savings trying to feed and pay the workers for the fire fest. Yeah, like she like she made over a thousand meals per day yeah. and her life savings was fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Gone. Yeah, just gone because of that asshole. Oh, that poor woman was sore. She was like, I can't. She's like, I try to move on with it. I want to start fresh and new, but talking about fire fest completely hurt me mm. andy king did the right thing started yeah. a gofundme exceeded the goal yeah it exceeded the goal it said um as of as of today um the original goal was one hundred and twenty three thousand dollars. they actually raised two hundred and twenty three thousand five hundred and seventeen dollars yeah, i just hope she gets it yeah Oh yeah, like the money's in escrow, so it's like she has a representative working on her behalf to like yeah. give her wire her the money. Awesome, awesome. And King, and King also started a second GoFundMe to pay the workers that were never paid. Nice, right? And as far as that asshole Billy McFarlane, according to his girlfriend, um, he's actually starting a production company while in prison. Good, what this guy? He's like addicted to it. Yeah, like he's pathological. Like he can't, he just can't stop. Like, and if you watch the Hulu documentary that he's in, it's like you can tell by the way he presents himself that how he was able to, like, like let's just say he did something right because he was able to, he had some riches. Yeah, you know, beforehand, but it's like you can. You could tell, like he had, he was like a car salesman. Like he somehow, he was a, he's a hustler. You got to give him that, because he, this dude will sell you a car mm-hmm. without an engine. <laughs> yeah, he would. And somehow, some way, with the way he presents himself, the way he talks, he will succeed. But there are some times where he, like, he sounds like he's completely, completely dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, I think most of the time, like his presentation helps his goals. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, Kant. If if you if you, I mean, we we as a culture, Americans love bullshit. Like you you feed a good bullshit line, people will follow you like the yellow brick road. Yes, the hell they will. Yeah. Yes, they will. So as far as Ja Rule, he actually has he has another app now. First of all, he's still going through all the lawsuits and stuff. This is actually according to this is actually um according to a video that I saw, uh, on um. Um, courtesy of TMZ, yeah, because you know they just stop you wherever. Yep, they're like the friendliest paparazzi's ever. <laughs> like the, the they're the legit paparazzi that people won't mind talking to, mm. you know that. But he said that he actually has another app called Icon, which is very similar to the Fire app. And according to that same TMZ report, he actually teased plans for another festival. I, you know what, I'd like to see him try. I mean, learn from your mistakes and do it, and I'm sure there's still gonna be people there that are gonna be like, "All right, let's see if I'm gonna go and let's see if he can get it right this time." Nah, like after after failure of this scale, he's gonna fail again, and and it does show, like you know, if you're if as long as you're rich and let's face it, white and a guy, you you 
like people will give you second, third, and fourth chances. Let this let this be a nigga with like three million dollars. His ass would be in prison for like twenty years. You really have to drop the M bomb. I, I really had to because you know you you got you can't ignore like some of the racial dynamics of this of this thing. If if Billy Mitchell if Billy Mitchell was some black dude, McFarlane. Billy McFarlane was some black dude out of Oakland with like ten million dollars, and he's and he pulled a, a con like this. His people would have called for his head. He would have been. He'd be under the jail right now. Well, people are calling for Billy McFarlane's head. Don't get me wrong. Oh, they are. But, but like the fact that the fact that he's, he he's, he has a he's a, he has only a six year sentence and he's gonna do it all over again. You know for a fact that he is. Even when he gets out. Yeah. Well, he actually they um the government actually pulled his like, like say he can't he he can't start a corporation again. Oh yeah. Hmm. Like I forgot, I forgot the actual term. I should have wrote it down, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, by law, I don't think he can. But he probably can do it. All he has to do is just put it all under his mama's name. Yeah, that or like have a have a sucker or or some colleague of his do it for him. Like he'll be like a figurehead. Dude, he was still sc- He he was still scamming people. Where he had this guy named Frank. Oh yeah, I remember this part. He yeah. took Pete. Like he took the mailing list, the fire media mailing list, mm-hmm. and he just kept emailing people. Was like, "Hey, you want to go to this Beyonce concert? Mm-hmm. To I can get you VIP, yada yada. I can get you VIP tickets to the Met Gala. They don't have tickets to the Met Gala. Yeah. It's like invitation only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, Taylor Swift. We can do a meet and greet with Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift doesn't do meet and greets. Nope." Yeah. So it was like right there. And you're filming yourself scam people. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 this dude actually had the had the nerves to say, um, you know, if I've learned anything during this process, it's the more footage the better. That was his rationale. I, I, I <laughs> what what can I add to that? Dudes and I yeah, dudes I, I asshole is just too even too good to call him that. Yeah. Like this dude is, this dude is evil. Yeah, yeah. He's he's evil with a smile, a smarmy, smug smile. Yep. With a punchable face. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind punching him. I'd be okay with it. Oh yeah, I'd be totally fine with it. Yeah. Would it worth? Would it worth be worth the assault charge? <sighs> yeah, that's that's the one thing. Misdemeanor. Do an overnight for it. I'll pay someone else to do it for me. Why not? <laughs> yeah. But I did. But uh, back to the Andy Kingdom. So one of my favorite podcasts I listen to, the Brilliant Idiots. Mm-hmm. They were talking about how David, comedian David, tell told them it's going to be so wrong, but it was so funny. Now he's never seen the documentary. Okay. At that time, and he learned about the Andy King situation, the Andy King story. Mm-hmm. That he was willing to suck dick for water, right? So David Tell says, without even thinking about it, you know, Flint, Michigan could have used a guy like him. <laughs> <laughs> I was wow. so wondering. I was like, he's not gonna find this funny. That that that's actually a that's actually a brilliant, <laughs> that's brilliant, a brilliant joke that off is. the top of his head. I mean, I'm just saying, like for water. And Flint, Michigan, is in dire, dire, uh, in a dire state of affairs. Andy King, you could be a superhero. You can. Think about it. You said you wanted to do some good. That's <laughs> fucked up. 
Oh my gosh. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yes, the Fire Festival epi- the Fire Festival documentaries, but one on Netflix, Fire on Netflix, Fire Fraud on Hulu. Check them both out. Yeah. I mean, you you just it's informative, entertaining, infuriating. All at the same time, they were pretty. They're all pretty. Be- they're both pretty well put together. Yeah, definitely were. They are. They are. Um, like I like I said, the the Netflix one is is definitely uh, is definitely the. Be- I w- in my opinion, it's the better one. I say you go ahead and watch both. You be the judge of that. What do you think? Just email us at codexprimepodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. So yeah, that's that's pretty much all we got. Uh, do we have a uh, Question of the week. I forgot to post it up. That's cool. Uh, but I got one for this week. Okay. What movie did you watch multiple times in the theater? In the theater? Uh, oh, there's actually... Well, I've seen movies twice. Um, more than twice. More than twice? More than twice. Oh, I haven't seen a movie more than twice in the theater. Really? Yeah. I would have to say there's actually two that are tied for three. Three times I've seen. Okay. Undercover Brother. Okay, that's pretty random. (laughs) Oh, that movie, I I found that movie to be hilarious. Mm. And 300. Wow. 300. Yeah. Once was on a date. Other two were just on like random like friend outings. Mm. So it's like, let's all go to the movies. Oh, let's all go see Three Hundred. I'm like, I already seen. It. Oh, fuck it, I'll go see it again. <laughs> and it was good every time. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Mm. That's what's up. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be up on our Instagrams. This that is will definitely be on our Instagrams within a day or two. Um, anything else you want to add? Because I'm a Check up on the UWO on them UWO boys. Uh, yeah, you can catch all of our episodes on YouTube live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and you can also uh, catch our audio versions on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Google Podcasts. Uh, you can leave us a five star review on our iTunes, and you can follow us on social media via Twitter at Codex Prime Cast, uh, Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast, and at our Facebook page. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I would say, okay, I'm still waiting for a response from them, but go ahead and check out the UWO uh, Facebook page. I'm not sure if they're, still, they're gonna do a uh, episode or not. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Even if they don't, watch last week's episode. Yeah, yeah. Last week's episode episode was plenty fun. Good times and suit. Good times and suit on that one. Also, check out the Jabba Tears podcast and also uh, Pop Stew. They're going to be starting a new season in March, so I'm looking forward to hearing those guys. Shout out to AK and Stubert. Um, Random Rams with Rob. That, that guy's been showing us some tons of support. Oh yeah. Um, whew. Check them all out. Party Nerds too as well. Mm-hmm. Hold on, getting a response because apparently it's ugly outside. Yeah, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to crack a window open once we get off the air. It is pretty warm in here. I just happen to wear a hoodie with like three other shirts. Up, oh, they're still going up. They're setting up. So yeah, make sure you check out. Get ready to check out the UWO podcast. That's gonna be going on pretty much right after this. 
Yes. Um, yes. Uh, Codex Prime, UWO, the NXT slash 205 Live of podcasts. <laughs> Too sweet me, bro. Boom. Yes. And get your shovels out, not for the snow. Oh, but there's going to be some burials in the, right. the, in the UWO. Uh, that was good. That was good. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, yes, uh, thank you all for watching and listening. Uh, tune in next week. Um, I'll be getting into my thoughts on the Oscars, uh, which is this Sunday, the 24th. Yep, there we go. Oscar talk. We're already set. Yep, Oscar talk and uh, some other things coming down the pike. So, as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later. Later.